0: in our final moments together, my hope is that um, I can give you guys a big dose of hope. The reality is that 2020 has been hard. It's been frustrating. It's been overwhelming at times. 2020 started for me the first week. This was one week of Becky and I's life at the beginning of 2020. I coached basketball, high school girls, basketball team, varsity, and I was in Jeff City. I had a brand new laptop I had just got in my hotel room. Uh, leaked on my brand new laptop and ruined it. That was uh, week one of January. It was literally the first week of January. Came home, our house filled with um, feces or poop from uh, a backup of our septic system. Uh, we woke up and went like, what does that smell? Okay, never mind. Our entire our entire sewer was was flooded, and then we called the septic people to fix it, and they came. And they got all of their trucks stuck in our yard and it cost $700 to have their trucks pulled out of our yard. It was like one thing after another and that was the beginning of 2020. And then like God smiling at us throws COVID into the middle of everything. Um, an election cycle, a civil rights movement, um, just to name a few things. At times 2020 has been hard. The reality is we have seen about half of our uh, a church come together. Uh, In-person attendance, I would say we're about at half of what's normal uh, since February. We had months to where we didn't know whether we'd have church or not, what church would look like. We've had budget concerns up and down. We had months where our budget was like tremendous and over the top and then months and weeks where we wonder uh, what the future is going to look like. It's, it's been hard, and I think it's okay for pastors to say and to come together and to be honest, like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with COVID. I don't know what's going on with the election cycle. I don't know what's going on in the lives of my people. Uh, folks ask me all the time, how's your church doing? I honestly don't know how to answer the question. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. It's, it's been hard. It's been there. Um, but what I want to remind us of for for ten minutes is our fundamental identity—that uh, we have hope, we need hope, we have hope, and we get to go shine hope from here. So, First Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one um, is this. Peter, an older Peter who has, um, you guys know who Peter is, but he was the guy who always stuck his foot in his mouth, said things he shouldn't have said. He was crazy, but he ends up birthing the church. Uh, Jesus uses him to preach the first sermon after he's filled with the Spirit and the New Testament church is born. And an older Peter writes um, to some Christians this letter, First uh, Peter. Oh, while they are in trial, while they are struggling, when they don't know the future and what the future holds. And what strikes me about the beginning of 1 Peter 1 is that he cannot say hello without talking about their fundamental identity. He says this, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse one, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect, what's the next word? Exiles. There's our fundamental identity, elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for the obedience of Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And right off the bat, he uses this fundamental identity to talk to this church that's multi-congregational, kind of spread out all over the place, and says, hey, may grace and peace be multiplied to you elect, exiles. It literally could translate the chosen, rejected ones. This is our fundamental identity. Chosen by God, but rejected by the world. Chosen, rejected ones. Elect, we're, we're chosen, picked by God. Exiled, our reality is that this world is, is not our home, It's not our home. And so we are strangers and aliens and and different. We, as Christians, we scatter as these pilgrims or these strangers and aliens into some strange lands that are not our home. And so there's physical persecution and there's, there's verbal persecution that you can read about in the letter of 1 Peter. Um, and there's a lot of Christians who face um, physical persecution throughout the world. For us, mainly, it's it's just um, verbal persecution. Or you know, you hold to this sexual ethic. Isn't that so strange in our culture that you actually believe what the Bible says about sex? Um, and, and increasing in this time and in this place, this space where we live, when we hold the biblical conviction. We look stranger and stranger to Americans and to our neighbors and, and to our friends. You know, in the letter First Peter, there is some physical persecution, but there's also a lot of verbal persecution. Just this fundamental identity that they're different and they don't really fit in with the people in their world. Have you felt that? Have you felt that this year? Have you felt it that we are different? Like Brian um, spoke about, Chad spoke about, I've I've felt it. There's been a lot of moments where I'm like, I don't even fit in in this little community where I grew up. Like, what is wrong with me? Maybe it's what's wrong with them, I don't know. But more and more, there's been this increasing realization of what it means to be an elect exile, chosen by God God but rejected by the world. And so just some just some hope for us is to think about that fundamental identity. You, you are chosen and you're in exile. You are chosen. God is Trinity and the whole Trinity is involved in that little greeting in First Peter chapter one. It uh, says you are um, elect exile according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. There's, there's the Father. And the sanctification of the Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit. Uh, For the obedience to to Jesus, there's the Son. The whole Trinity is involved in this. And God knows us. That's what foreknowledge means. He he knew you in advance, He loved you in advance. God did. Man, that helps me keep going. He knew me and He loved me of the whole mess of me. His foreknowledge says He chose us. You know, when you think about election, I know that's a big word and we can have some mystery. But we see God's choosing kind of behind us in the, in the middle, in, in the present, and in, in the future in that text. Um, God, the Father behind us in his foreknowledge, he, he loves us and he reaches out. You know, he's not lost, we're lost. <laughs> he found us. He came to us. Um, this is really good news when I think about it because um, I've always lived my life with kind of a chip on my shoulder. I don't know if anybody else has been there because I'm from a, no, I'm from my Lamont. It's not even a town. We don't even have population. The only thing that we're known for is there's like a, there's an old lead mine that we filled up with water and you can drink beer and zip line into it. And I heard that Crosspoint actually took use there once, which I don't recommend, called The Offsets. <laughs> yeah, don't do that again. Um, <laughs> You should ask me about my, my place first. Anyways, but, and so I've always had sort of this like chip on my shoulder. I was always a shorter guy in sports and wanted to be better than everybody else and all of those things and um, didn't really ever feel picked for anything, you know, but elected. God chose us. God chose me. He chose you. He loves us. He loves me. And, and there's some great mystery in that and we can have some great mystery in that. But man, why'd he do that? <laughs> he loves you. He loves me. He picked us. Some of us have never been picked for anything, but he loved you before, you before you loved him, Ephesians 1 says. He pursued you before you pursued him, Romans 5 says. I mean, it's just all over scripture. There's great mystery. But he, but he loves us. We're the chosen ones. And that ex- we experience that by the Spirit's power. It says by the sanctification of the Spirit. Um, He's working in us. You know, Peter didn't stay the same. He changed. I haven't stayed the same. I, I changed. The Spirit doesn't leave you the, the same. And so we, we are a, a movement that really believes in the, the Holy Spirit, right? The Spirit is at work, alive inside of us. It's evidence that we're chosen, that he loves us. We have saving faith, fruit, and we're growing. Um, But then it says there's this purpose, though, that we're chosen, and we have the spirit, and it's so that we become conformed to the image of of the son. That's all in his hello to this church. (laughs) It's amazing, right? Like, hello. (laughs) God chose you. He put a spirit in you. Uh, and he's making you become and look more like his son and by the way the rest of the letter is all about problems (laughs) and trials and God's going to use all of these trials to make that happen okay so he chose us but he also calls us exile so don't be surprised that it's hard has anybody been, felt sorry for themselves this year? I mean, I have. I, I felt like, you know, it's like I was drowning and then God threw me another kid and said, catch him, you know, Jim Gaffigan's story. That's what, that's what 2020 feels like. It's like I'm already drowning and he keeps throwing me things to hold on to. Hmm. But, hey, this is, this is not our home. This is the story of the church. This is what Christianity is. We're not home. We're passing through. We're exiles. We're exiles. Why do we expect anything different? But if God chose us to be these exiles, he chose us and he saved us and he commissioned us and he put you in Houston and he put me in Lettington Put Rick in Desoto. He put Randy in Fredericktown. He put PJ in Gaithersburg. Put Sean and your whole team in St. Louis. It's his plan. He puts you in this place to be exiles right now. There's so much hope in that. He chose you. He picked you. He put you here to walk through this. And he's going to empower you. And so in the rest of 1 Peter, so I'm not on my notes if you're trying to get on the notes there on the screen. But the rest of 1 Peter, he's going to tell you how to live as an exile filled with the spirit of God being conformed into the image of his son. And I want you guys to go and read 1 Peter. But I want to show you just a couple passages and then we're going to pray and he's going to come. And so in 1 Peter chapter 2, which is what Brian read a minute ago, um, there's some instruction to Christians. So chosen Christians in St. Louis and Houston and everywhere else that we're from. Here's how you live as an exile. In um, verse 11, I'm just going to read you some of these uh, verses. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. There it is again. You're a sojourner, you're an exile. To abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Right? And so in in, in issues of politics, yeah. So put sin to death, right, first, but then keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. We've been talking about resiliency and really these hard issues. How do we do that? So that when they speak evil against you, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it is the emperor or the governor, sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. You got that? Honor everyone. Love the church. Fear God, honor the emperor. It's hard. Here's how you live as an exile. I mean, that's the verse we need for, for these days. First um, Peter chapter 4, he's, he talks about suffering, but he talks about spiritual gifts. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. We heard about love from, from Chad. Show hospitality to one, an, one another without grumbling. As each of you have received a gift, use it like you've been gifted use it to serve one another as a good steward of God's varied grace whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God the words of God whoever serves as the one who serves in the strength that God supplies right it's all about these gifts so that God will be glorified. And then to elders in chapter 5. So you, chapter 1 is all about beautiful salvation. Chapter 2 is all about living amongst your government. Chapter 3 is actually about marriage if you want to go read it. Chapter 4 is about suffering and using your gifts. And chapter 5 is about how elders should, should love and lead in the church as exiles. But here's something to the elders. We've got a lot of elders in this room. So I exhort the elders among you. This is chapter 5. As a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Not the flock you want, the flock you have. If it's half of them, if they're online, if they're arguing about politics nonstop, I have, one, one day I had um, one church member call and quit our church because people wore masks and another member called and quit our church um, because uh, people weren't wearing masks. I mean, it's like, why did you give me these people, God? <laughs> Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to the flock and when the chief shepherd appears then you will receive the unfading crown of glory you don't get it now you get it later you live for, live for tomorrow right you live for that day that he's coming so we need hope this, this year's been hard we have hope we're the chosen re- ex- rejected ones we're the elect exiles we have instruction of how to shine hope being hospitable, loving, shepherding in a way that brings honor and glory to God, living for, those, for that day ahead. I mean, it's, it's all right there in First Peter. And so our fundamental identity as an elect exile, those chosen, rejected ones, gives me hope and makes me aware that there's purpose in these days. There's purpose today. It gives me hope when things are not easy, when things do not go my way, that there's a purpose, there's a, there's a plan. And rejection and um, disappointment, and when things don't work out, no longer has to sideline me, doesn't have to make me move to pity party, because I know that God has chose me. I was born for this time. He's placed our church in this season for this time. It's not by accident, and he has us. And so would you guys stand? And PJ's gonna come. I know I didn't say a whole lot in this session. (laughs) But I want to encourage you. And I want you to look at this on the screen, though. Um, so, so, you know, we've got to add in. We've got to add in Fredericktown and DeSoto now because I don't think I had them on there when I wrote this a long time ago. But what if we just rewrite the beginning of 1 Peter? I know I can't write scripture, right? But let's write ourselves into this because here's our charge. I think it's the same charge. So to those who are elect exiles in Houston, in Washington, D.C., in St. Louis... In Jonesboro, in Lettington, and we gotta add DeSoto, in Fredericktown. <laughs> Look at this now. According to the foreknowledge of God. Yeah. Yeah. Next verse, next slide. Maybe he doesn't have it all. <laughs> According to the foreknowledge of God, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ by the sprinkling of his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's our charge. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Churches, Father, I thank you for this moment. And I thank you for a chance to hopefully share just a little dose of hope for us. That we're chosen, rejected, that we're elect exiles. And God, I do pray that you would send us as we leave here. And we kind of come down the mountain and we go back into the reality of... Um, COVID church of an election cycle of all of those things that we were born for this moment that our churches were placed here for this moment and that you have raised us up for this moment we don't have to shy back and so I pray that grace and peace would be multiplied to us it's in the name of Christ